Welcome to the Woke Blokes podcast, hosted by Nick Sutherland from MindFit and Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing. Let's get into today's episode. Got it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Woke Blokes podcast. Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing here, number 10 handicapped golfer, the King of Frankston. I'm talking about myself today. <laughs> the King of Long Island. The King, the King of Long Island, the King of Gould Street. Um, Ryan Hassan. De- who's about to be dethroned because he's getting evicted. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm the King for two more months. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. I know, I know. That's why my ego's flared up and I want to talk about myself because I'm falling off my perch. <laughs> uh, well, well, yeah, 10 and I'm joined by Nick. Yeah, hey, hey, everyone. Hi, hi. Um, <laughs> the bruiser from Ballarat, the, the captain of coldness. Nick, the, yeah, Nick, sub, the, sub, the sub-zero specialist. Nick is joining us from Ballarat at the minute. For those in uh, Finland, that's a regional part of Victoria, the state that we live in here in Australia. Nick, did you grow up in Ballarat? I did, which um, the temperature is not too dissimilar to that of Finland. Yes, yes. So we've, we're, <laughs> we're heading into the, we're moving into winter here in Australia and um, it's cold where I am down in Frankston, but in, in those regional parts like Ballarat, it's always a few degrees colder, isn't it? Yeah, well, your Frankston, where we live on the Mornington Peninsula is, is, is on the water. So, um, yeah, close to the water, it's, it's always a bit warmer. Where up here in the hills, she's, uh, she's a bit fresh. How do you go... Um, going back to the place where you grew up in what's that experience like for you um do you have many like memories flooding back as you as you head back into the town yeah, or yeah, feelings yeah. arising not really feelings lots of memories like because dad was a fencing contractor and and uh, the Sutherland family is quite well known in Ballarat um very very um how would you say it? Lots of sporting accolades. Um, Dad was a baseballer. Auntie was a softballer for Australia. Dad played VFL, AFL footy. Um, so, yeah, the, the Sutherlands are quite well known up here. And, and Dad, being a fencing contractor, um, yeah, everywhere you go, there's a fence Dad built, there's a fence Dad built, there's a fence Dad built. Um, so you've got all these memories of Dad here, which is nice. He passed away in... Uh, in two thousand three. No, no, that was that was great. It was my first dad. I've right. gone through a couple of dad gone through a couple of dads. Uh, ten to fifteen. So what's that? Seven years ago. Yeah. So um it's uh, yeah, our own childhood memories come back and you're like, oh I played in that creek down there and did this and yeah, you know, ballet hasn't changed that much. The the names of the shops have changed, but you know it's, it's grown a bit larger on the outskirts. But essentially, you know, Ballarat's Ballarat. So, yeah, coming back to this cold weather, it, it certainly brings back feelings of childhood memory. We, dad, dad being a tradie, you know, the, the chefs never cook at home, sort of theory. Uh, we had the worst fence in the street, um, <laughs> and, uh, and and Dad built himself a workshop out the back, and, and then they put a loft above it, and, and that became my bedroom. But um, he never got uh, he never got around to insulating it, finishing it off. So I'd, my child, you know, high school years were in this loft, weatherboard loft with no insulation. Um, <laughs> Which was which was formative forging experience. <laughs> wow, wow, that's funny. I had the the worst fence. That was like oh, when I was an air conditioning mechanic, and we had no air conditioning in our house. <laughs> and it'd be like one of those. It wouldn't come up until it was one of those forty degree days. And I'll be off on a Saturday to like do a cashy, like install split systems, and my ex wife would be yeah. like. You reckon we can maybe put one in here? I'm not, not going to get paid if I put one in here. I'm glad we don't have. I'm glad I haven't followed suit in terms of mental health practitioner. I have the worst mental health in the street. Actually, that's that's it's a very different, isn't it? 
Yeah. You know, it's like we yeah. can't we can't be doing that. Although I know some people in the industry who uh so many who so do many not have industry. great mental health care for themselves. Yeah. Well it's um it's great news that you finally got yourself a bloody golf handicap because you've you, your days of banditry are over. Yeah, oh I think I'm off eighteen. <laughs> you just said it's three hundred meters. You're not off <laughs> eighteen, buddy. You know. And that that was only at eighty percent. That was smoothing it down there. Yeah, well, I got to readjust my goals now. I was like, my in my head, I'm like, I want to be a, a single figure handicapper by the end of the year, but I'm starting on ten. But I don't, who knows? <laughs> we'll see how we go. I'm playing comp on Sunday, so all right, all right, we'll see where it ends up. So yeah, it's great to be up here. It's I'm saying to Shane, um, everyone might remember Shane from the podcast, and Shane's uh, the admin and. A guru for MindFit and the client liaison guru, and now the corporate training guru for MindFit. Um, yeah, I was chatting to him and I said, I'm headed out to Ballarat. I said, It was funny, in the past, a version of me would have gone, Oh, fuck, I'm going to go up and help mum, and you know, I've got to spend a couple of days looking after her, blah, blah. But uh, you know, I, I just observed myself writing without too much thought process. That, you know, but now I'm really grateful to go up there and, and to be able to active service you know it's a it's a privilege to come and look after your mother for a few days absolutely very different very different mindset to the version that left Ballarat (laughs) no no absolutely it's um I had a similar thing uh, with my dad he got sick uh, a couple of months back and um he's semi-okay now but it's sort of yeah it's it's things and then then his my uncle his brother died literally uh two days ago and um yeah it's like that thing it's like how many, because my parents live, you know, four hours away. It's like, how many more times will I get to see mom and dad? Like, you know, let, let's say that you see them four times a year and then they live for another couple, say, let's say it's, I don't know how many years, but it's like, what if it's like only 15 to 20 more times you're going to see them? It's like very different, you know, to when, yeah, you're moving out of home, like get me the fuck away from these people. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so amazing how, how we take things for granted. I was having a, a, a you know, it's, it's not... Um, it's hard to not take everything not for granted, you know, because there is so much happening in our lives. But but when you stop to think about it, I said the client was said the other day she's been thinking about death, and that opened up a really, you know, she she thinks oh I shouldn't be thinking of death. I'm like oh you should be thinking of death. It's, it's, it's quite health. It's quite healthy. It's it's the Stoics, Memento Mori, meditating on the death. Because it, it, it stops us from taking things for granted. And it's, you know, how many more times will I do this? How many, you know, how many more hours of my life? I said to her, if you, if you live to 100, the way that she'd been operating, um, how many years would she have spent actually present and in the moment with people? And, and, and we came up with a rough figure about, um, 30 years of her life, if she lived till 100, 30 years of her life would have been present. The, the 70, the other 70 years, she would have been heightened and anxious and stressed and worried and frantic and uh, depressed and angry and guilty and running on automatic programs. Yeah. So yeah. when you step out of it and look at it objectively like that, it's like, fuck, if, 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 if the day you're born and someone said, right, would you choose to spend 70 years, you're going to live till 100, would you choose to spend 70 years in suffering? No. (laughs) It would sound insane, wouldn't it? Like, Who would choose that? Who would choose that option? And this is the thing. When when people come through MindFit, and especially the discovery session, one of the biggest bits of feedback is, why aren't we learning that we have another choice? Why aren't we learning that there's a constructive path? Why aren't we learning that there's another way earlier in our lives i'm like i don't know <laughs> I'm, I'm not in the school system but I, I don't i'm not responsible for that stuff well but that's that's yeah. oh, that's a that's another discussion isn't it it's like the the school system uh not up until this point in the past it's it hasn't been one of encouraging free thinking it's actually been well, the opposite the- the, the priority has been on IQ, not EQ, but now, thankfully, there's the, the tide's turning and people are understanding that no matter how much IQ you have, if there's not an underlying healthy amount of EQ, that IQ is going to topple over. 
yeah, yeah, it's not it's not a great gauge of of success at all, is it? Even though that's <laughs> but that's the problem when society you know, gauges success on that kind of metric or how much money you have in the bank account, then all of a sudden that becomes a metric that we as young kids feel like is important. But then unfortunately we grow up and that's, that's the whole midlife crisis thing. It's like, Hey, I became somewhat intelligent and made somewhat of money and climbed this corporate ladder and I'm fucking depressed as hell. I need a mistress in a sports car. You know, that's the whole thing. Mistress of the sports car, thank you. Oh, we're going through muckers. Car, can I help you? Yeah, can I get a, uh, a mistress with the lot and a sports car to go, please? Mistress? I don't know if I want the lot on my mistress. That was interesting. It peaked a, a memory from the chat with this client the other day too. And, and um, oh, what was it about? The, oh, the time. So, so time is our most valuable commodity. It's our most valuable resource. You know, we, 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 we like to play this fun game where we convince ourselves that we're saving time. Or oh, if I go this way, I'm saving time. I don't know where, where's your vault of hours that you keep. You know, that's we're not saving time. Um, and, and so I said, you know, so it's precious. It's really precious. But people spend, you know, whatever we work from twenty five to sixty, from twenty to sixty five. So people spend forty five years of their life if they're lucky. They spend those precious hours trying to trying to make money because <laughs> because that's going to give them something. And I don't know it's just you're missing the mark. Like it's yeah, well, it's like you know, well, you know what I mean. hundred percent. It's like okay, well, I'm going to work eight or nine hours a day. I'm going to sleep for eight hours a night, and then I'm going to try and neglect my family. Yeah. I'm going to, you know, come home pissed off and agitated and angry. I'm going to grab a beer and go out into the shed and isolate myself, or I'm going to yeah. cause conflict and drama. And like we, we, if we think about it, we spend our time so poorly. Yeah. And it's like, well, and then I work so hard for that money and then I spend it on trying to keep up appearances with how I look yeah. compared to my friends and neighbors. And it's like, well, I've got to get that car and do this thing to my house or whatever it was. <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember whose term it is, but it's like, yeah, we spend money trying to impress people we don't even like. And, yeah, that's, yeah. and that, once again, that's like an option that if you say it rationally is like, why would anyone do that? But most people yeah. are doing it. <laughs> like that's what's happening. There was another one similar to that one. And it was, it was, but yeah, we, we, I can't remember, but it was it was very similar. That we spent so much time trying to buy things to make ourselves feel better. When in fact, if we had to spend that time doing things that make us feel better, we wouldn't need yeah the you know the the, the rushing. It's around. like um, it's like cut out the middleman. You know, it's yeah. like we're, we're doing yeah. all these things to try and make ourselves feel okay internally. And so we're using things to achieve a goal and often it doesn't work generally or, or it works for a moment, you know? And it's like, what if we just made the goal feeling okay inside? Then it's like, <laughs> I don't have to worry about all this other stuff. What if, what if, that's, what if that's what success is? It yeah. is, is, is being content within yourself and all the rest of it, the houses, the cars and everything, all of that's just comes yeah. and goes. That's just a byproduct. It's like that perspective. I want to come back to the taking things for granted, but I saw this thing um the other day sorry tommy's been taking selfies on my phone here I've got a few or a few extra photos that i had before why don't any of you mistress on there no no I'm, am i getting near that age or not 38 is there an age where you uh, i don't know just before before it passes out of my head emma and i had this fun chat the other day about um problems because we was we've you know, we've got our house in McRae and we've got the property in Queensland and I've got the, the Mindfit headquarters. Um, I've got to build two more offices in there for, for Dan and um, Em to come and work in. And we're looking at our house in McRae going, right, we've got, to, we've got to put some money into this. It's a beautiful house. You know, it's old and tight. And we're like, and you can start feeling some frustration. Why don't you do this? And, but that needs to do and that needs to do. And I'm like, hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What a... What a what a what a privilege! What a what a what a wonderful problem to have! You know, how how we've got a budget of a hundred grand to put in there. Like, oh, how much? What, what a what silliness! Like we're getting upset and frustrated over over how much to put into our house, 
And and I said, you know, it's funny, rich people, everyone has problems, they're just different. Rich people have rich people problems, poor people. And, and then M said something really great. She said, yeah, but the rich people can just go, they've got enough money to go, fuck it, just do it all. You know, they don't have to pick and choose. And then the poor people don't have any, don't even have a house or don't have a hundred thousand. So it's not a problem for them. So those of us in the middle, we have the most problems because well, we have all these options and all these, oh, where do we put this and where do we invest this and where do we go with this? Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's it's a good point. It's like, it made me think when we first started this discussion, it's like taking things for granted, but it's such a human inclination to take things for granted and even me yeah. like i like i've known this for years and i do try and take time and make sure i'm i'm grateful for everything that i've got but then if i'm not diligent and remain conscious then i take things for granted just so much it's just so such a natural thing that if you let go of the reins for like a couple of minutes then i'm taking everything yeah. for granted again yeah. and then i've got to pull it back that's why being present is key. You know, it's stop and soak it up. Where am I right now? I'm in my mum's house. I'm in my mum, you know, and, she, and she's so lucky to have this house. And, you know, when you actually stop and, and consciously consider things and, and take in what is going on, both within you and around you, it's, it, it creates that serotonin. It creates this deep sense of, Wow, this is this is amazing. You're playing golf down at the national. You you get up on the first tee. You're like, how fortunate are we that we're down here? Like, yeah. wow. It's like it's like the you know famous people. And Jim Jim Carrey had the famous line that is like, I wish everybody could become rich and famous to realize that's not the answer. It's like people striving to be famous are like. I just want people to notice me. I want attention. And the people that get really famous are like, I wish people would fucking leave me alone. I need some privacy. <laughs> and people who want money, they're just trying to get money. Then the people that have lots of money are stressing about trying to protect all the money that they have. So it's like, I think that once people realize there's actually no real destination, there's actually nowhere that they're going to get where they're going to be okay. So it's like, well, okay, so okay instead exists, of looking yeah. externally, instead of looking externally, go internally. And there it is. I, I had this beautiful moment with a client yesterday and he was you know, frantic. He's Tom, who we, we had on the podcast and you forgot to record it in the UK. Right. The, 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 remember, kidnapped, my ego kidnapped me. It got lost in the ether. Yeah, it did get lost in the ether. I, I would, to my defense, I had to think about that. And I was in hotel quarantine, I think, for that one. And um, maybe you're not uh, on trial. You're not on trial, right? I feel like these, I am. These things, these things happen. It's okay. Um, and, and I had a session with him yesterday, and he, so he's in maintenance, and you know, he's, he's got in, in, in a new little baby on the scene. And he was talking about him and his wife, and he said, "I said something really interesting." He goes, "I'm a settler, and she's an explorer." And because they talk, they live on a houseboat, and then he's talking about, oh, you know, she she likes change. So he'll come home, she's changed all the furniture in the house. And, you know, he's like, oh, we moved out of a house that we had onto a houseboat, and now what are we going with the caravan next and this and that? And he keeps going, when are we going to settle? And I said to him, oh, what if you went internally and, and, and settled yourself internally, became settled within yourself and realised you are home? You know, instead of wherever you're going to after this is your is your shelter, it's your house, but but you are home. And he had this wonderful reaction. It's just it's just started having this cathartic release of all this pent up emotion and just this beautiful tears, and we laughed about it, and, and it really landed for him. He's like, "Fuck, I, I am home. <laughs> I am home." And he just just the irrationality of it just came bursting through, and, and that's beautiful. It was, it was such a, a such a moment. It was, it was such evidence to support what you just said. You know, it was, instead of there is no Bob Marley said, as soon as you, you give up the race, you that's when you've won. You know, we're we're, we're, we're not in competition. That, that creates divisiveness. That creates separation. And when we're settled within ourselves. In that compassionate heart, that's where um, that's where we create a we instead of a me versus a you. But you can only do that without the ego, that vacuumous black hole going. I need more houses and I need more money. It's, it's the ego is constantly operating off that sense of deficiency that was spoken about. So it's I'm not enough. I don't have enough. I'm not good enough. My relationship's not enough. My house isn't big enough. 
It's a terrible the, way. It is. And that's that's the wrestling that goes on, isn't it? We sort of, we go, we go into that, you know, compassionate. I'm, I'm not taking things for granted. I'm very grateful. And then we ping back out into ego. No, more, 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 more. Oh, I'm doing that again. It's like this, this pinging back and forward um, that I noticed. And I love that term, the, the compassionate heart. I think it's really beautiful. Um, but I think, like I was saying before, if, if we can realize it's the same Bob Marley quote, it's like just realize there's nowhere that we're going to get. It's like, it's literally just going, hey, what am I racing for? What's this finish line that I'm after? Because it's it's like a rainbow, isn't it? It's like when I have when I have X amount of money or I have this certain life or I live in this certain place, I'll, I'll get there. And then I realize, oh, I'm not there yet. It's over here. And then, uh, and then we get to- I was, wondering, well, I was wondering where you're going with this rainbow thing. I was very- It's one of my favorite terms, chasing rainbows. Oh, yeah, That's what the up. ego does. Because the goalposts keep shifting. No, (laughs) please stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to, everyone. And so what happens then, I think that happens. We keep getting, people get to the end of their life. And that's one of the saddest things when someone is 70 years old or however old they are and they realize, yeah, they realize, oh, it's not here. And, And a lot of people get resentful when they're older, when they realize that. You know, they'll get resentful that or they've really stopped giving fucks. I love those old people who have like completely given up any idea of I need anybody else to like me or impress anyone. And they don't give it's any a, fucks. It's a dangerous level of freedom. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> so yeah. what, what are you wearing? What are you wearing? That's very interesting. I'm wearing what the fuck I want to wear. Yeah. What, what's you. it to you? Go you. Yeah. What's it to you? <laughs> What is what I'm wearing? What kind of bearing does that have on your life? (laughs) Yeah, speaking about the granted thing, like, you know, I would, um, you know, do a lot of those meditations. You know, you can do like a meditation when you have your meal in front of you and it's like, think about where it, exactly where all the ingredients came from and the, and the, the farmer that had to, you know, sow the seeds and, and all that kind of yeah. thing. And I do that once and then forget about it for about six months and just scoff <laughs> my food down like an animal. Can I play can I please put out an urgent um community message? Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm just not a fan of gratitude lists. I hate this thing of oh, what are three things I'm grateful for? Because it's uh, it's it's I don't know, it's bullshit. It's uh, live in gratitude. Don't just do gratitude. This, this is the, so many people get caught up in doing. I've got to do this. We're not human doings. We're human beings. We've got to be grateful. Don't do gratitude lists. Don't. Yeah. This is this is the, the greatest sorrow for me in, in the world is that people intellectualize all this stuff that they don't embody. And I have so many clients coming through. I've read all the books and know all the theories. And I'm like, but have you mastered the techniques? Are, are you living a meditative life? I oh, know, but I do meditation. I, I listen to the Calm app. Well, good, but do you live a meditative life? Well, what do you mean by that, Nick? Like, do you fucking observe things as they are without wanting them to be different? Oh, no, no, but I meditate. I meditate. I, I go down this golden path and there's a the sun shining on my face and it feels wonderful. Vic, I I'm, could not agree with you anymore. I could not agree with you anymore. Gratitude, it's like anything, right? People start writing about it. There's some popular blogs. Then books start coming out and everyone's like, you know, grateful, grateful, grateful. If you feel grateful, you can't feel angry or sad. Um, gratitude has this effect on your physiology. Your heart will get better, blah, blah, blah. But then people do, yeah, these gratitude lists and it's purely intellectual. And it's like, I'm grateful for this and I'm grateful for that. And I'm like, are you really though? Or are you just Usually writing it down? Usually it's the ego being grateful. Usually the ego is grateful for the house that I'm in. Yeah, what's but your also, heart grateful But for? also it's like, I'm now wanting to be grateful to achieve some sort of end. It's like, well, I'm going to be grateful because that means I'm going to be better in, in this, this, and this. And then you're actually missing the point of gratitude altogether. It's that not point. about you. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to be grateful for other people because that'll make me feel better. And all of this. It's like, that's what, that's what happens because the, the, the mind and the ego take over and they make this whole thing about it, which like you said, it's a, it's a being. It's a, you have to embody gratitude. When they, they walk around for the rest of the day with the chest puffed out going, hey, no, I've done my gratitude list. Hey, have you done your gratitude list today? No, I've done my three things to be grateful for. Yeah, fuck you. I've done it. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 wo- I'm woke as fuck, mate. Yeah. yeah, I've done the gratitude list. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm being I'm being playfully condescending. I'm taking the piss out of people. But the reality is, everyone's doing their best, and no one 
no one, no, no one's being taught this at an early age. So, you know, if you're doing your gratitude lists, that's wonderful, but don't stop there. Actually keep going into being grateful. Don't just do gratitude. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, I'd have clients come in and see me and they will say, yeah, I've, you know, I've forgiven my dad and I've, I've did this, you know, forgiveness letter and I read this book about it and blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, as soon as you, then you can tell they're trying to deflect it. They're like, no, I've forgiven him. It's mm. all good. Let's talk about this. I'm like, just stay with dad for a minute. And then as they start talking about him, you can see they're, they're kind of fist clenching and their jaw tight. Like, yep, nope, I've forgiven him. It's like, yep. no, yeah, no, yeah. no, I've forgiven that fucker years ago. Yeah, that's, and it gets gradually angrier. Yeah, I've forgiven him for being the piece of fucking shit he was. And then you're like, <laughs> okay, all right, let's, you, your body is telling me otherwise. So it's like, I've, I've done something to which I think will, will, will achieve a goal for me. But in my body, I haven't, I haven't let that seep in at all. My favourite ones when they go, yeah, I've forgiven him for what they did to me. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like a soccer soccer referee. I'm like red red card, red card. No, no, you haven't. Off, in the, right in the sin here. bin, please. In the, the sin bin, you got to go back and do the work. <laughs> yeah. That's what people do. They go, no, nah, I've already done this, and they and they're like, yeah. no, nah, I want to. I, I had wanna... a, I had a client. I had a client coming for a discovery session. He rang today, and he. he, he and I hear this a lot, and people go, "Oh, you know, I've, but uh, I've already, I've already gone down this path before." And I literally said, "I disagree with you because this version of you has not gone through a mindfit program, mm-hmm. so you haven't done this before. A past version of you has gone to a psychologist and didn't have a wonderful." Nick has frozen, ladies and gentlemen. I'm still here, though. Um, I'm going to keep talking while Nick is frozen in quite a It looks like he's fallen asleep on my Zoom screen. Oh, there he is. He's back. Nick, can oh, you hear I was me? Talk, I was, uh, yeah, I was just talking about the most profound stuff ever. I hope it, I it froze and looked like you fell asleep. Um, but you said, you said, no, this is where it dropped out. You said, no, you haven't done this through a mind fit program. You've spoken to a psychologist or that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So this version of you hasn't done this work. A past version of you has done past work that didn't work for that version of you because you, you're, you're forced to relive everything and talk about why it all happened. Um, and this is a very different experience. Yeah. There was, I watched a, a beautiful, um, assessment session of one of our students so one of with our embodied processing course they do theory practice sessions and they they go for an assessment session which is witnessed um by myself or the other co-creator and um yeah i was watching one and the client it was really beautiful they we, we kind of work with parts a little bit and so there was a, a resistance part of her stopping her you know going into what she wanted to do and and yeah what, what as it was explored this you know old part which yes you'd spoken about or that kind of thing in the past and we're like, yeah, we try and give it a voice. And then she's like, oh, I want this to be something other than what it is. And it was just so beautiful and truthful. And then from there, she was able to kind of surrender to it and really go into it. And, and, and exactly what you were saying with, with that client. And afterwards, she was like, oh, yes, I had, I'd spoken about that before, you know, years ago and done this and that, but I'd never had that kind of experience with it because she allowed herself to actually go through that process. But I love that phrase. It's like, I want this to be something other than what it is. And it made me think of like a hundred clients in that moment who had that same kind of reaction. Like, I don't want to have to go into this. I don't want to have to explore. Do, this. do you know what that is? Do you know what that is in, in one simple word in, in, in Buddhist philosophy or Dharma? It's attachment. Mm. And attachment is the cause of all suffering. I I want it to be different. I don't think it should be this way. It would be more convenient for me if it was different. Or, you know, I chat to clients about this a lot. About, Can't I just do a gratitude know. list and it'll go away? <laughs> 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 and, and go and listen to the camera. And, and look, well. I, I, can I be honest? I, I did the five-minute journal for like six oh. months. So like... Oh, right. I've done oh, it. No, I've been down this. Yeah, no, good. no. Good. I'm just saying we're, we're speaking from a place of actually doing this stuff, you know, and, and that's why we're kind of making a bit of fun. No, if, you, if, you, if you've written three things you're grateful for for a week and done a five-minute journal for six months, then you're, you're, you've done your work. You're good to Plus, go. I did th- a three-minute guided meditation as well. Yeah, fuck. You so I was, I was, I was basically are. the Buddha. You are. <laughs> 
Basically, yeah, totally. So <laughs> when um, when the Buddha sat down under the, the Bodhi tree and, and saw things just as they were, you know, he, he had a pure a pure consciousness, a pure awareness. There was no craving or clinging desire for things to be different. So the bird, the, the, a bird is flying and, and a leaf is falling from the tree and a woman is getting bashed and a child is being born. And it was all perfect. It was just, just as is. It was... <laughs> Nick's, Nick's frozen in a profound moment. He's talking about the Buddha being under the Bodhi tree, seeing everything exactly as it is and not wanting it to be any different. And, and I think it's helpful. And that's right. Oh, it keeps freezing. All right, you're back. It keeps freezing. It does. That's all right. Buddha under the Bodhi tree, seeing everything as it was, the falling leaf, all that. Yeah, yeah, and so and so on the humanistic level, we go that's good or bad or right or wrong. You know, we look at it through that binary sort of lens. Um, but on a deeper spiritual level, it, it's all perfect. And and why it's perfect is because it's just you know, pain is inevitable. Yet suffering is optional. The pain that that woman is going through and being beaten. Who's to say she didn't just kill two babies and is about to kill a third? And that man is intervening. Like we we are so ignorant. We don't know. And. Or what if she goes and, and teaches 100 women how to protect themselves and, and, and 100 women aren't beat because of one woman being beat? So there's all this. This is where the ego gets involved and tries to determine what is or what should be and for your client to say. Yeah, it's like um, it, it makes me think of a Terence McKenna quote about worry. Anxiety. It's going to cause anxiety. Nick, Nick's having internet issues here, ladies and gentlemen. We'll get him back. He's hotspotting on his phone in Ballarat. Anxiety, yeah, that attachment to that. Oh, I want this. Sorry. I think it, I don't know if it's my internet because I'm hotspotting today. But, uh, are you, are you, is he getting phone calls? I'm fully bar. I'm fully bar. <laughs> fully bar. Yes. Is it phone yes, calls? It's, it? my, it's my grandma. Yeah, so oh, just like, I'll, turn, I'll turn it on to do not disturb because whenever you if you're hotspotting and you get a phone call, it'll drop out. Look at this, we're, we're solving the technical issues on air. I'm not even going to edit this out. This is, I think, well, I think we're solving the technical issues. Nick's frozen again. There we go. No, no, I'm good. I, I just turned on airplane mode to try and stop my grandma from ringing me, but um, yeah, that's what it'll be. But that turned off all the Wi-Fi. Yeah, do not. Yeah. So go into, you, you're an iPhone, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So settings. Yeah. Focus. Oh. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do not disturb. Turn that on. Ah, ah. Grandma, do not disturb me. Yeah, no, sorry, sorry, Nick's grandma. <laughs> well, she's ringing to say, are you, are, you, are you looking after your mother properly? Have you done this? Have you done that? Miss grandma, she's fine. <laughs> All right, so sorry about the freezing people. Um, so basically, yeah, under the tree, looked at everything as it was. On, on one level, we can go, that's bad, that's good, that's right, that's wrong, that's terrible, that, that's awesome. But deeper down, it all just is, and it's happening for a reason. So pain is inevitable, suffering is optional. The suffering comes after the, the clinging and the craving, the attachment to wanting it to be different or thinking it should be different or, or whatever. So your, your client really... You know, spoke spoke beautifully. Yeah, she. I, I want this to be different. Imagine if you're listening to this, how much of how much in your life you would like to be different now. Oh, oh, oh yes, yeah, sit with that one, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, imagine removing all of your desire for it to be different and shifting into an acceptance that it all just is. And just being completely content with it. Imagine being content with with having no money, or being content with being in a, in a relationship with a person who's angry. Imagine being content. Like this is the level of work that can be done. This is the level that can be achieved. And what it a, comes back to that compassionate heart. One of my favorite teachers, Michael Singer. Yeah, he talks about the, you know, the the as far as we can tell, the Big Bang happened 13.8 billion years ago. And he talks about the evolution of hydrogen clouds and suns and planets and all that kind of jazz. And, and then, you know, 
there was a dinosaur footprint that created a lake that our ancestors maybe met and then made love and all these things that happened for us to actually be here. And then he goes, we have the audacity to look at the moment in front of us and go, I don't like it. I want it to be something else. It's like, how, how wild is that? And then people then get a little bit mistaken because then they go, oh, but so what, I'm just going to be content with an, an unideal circumstance in my life and not change it. It's like, no, no, you still interact with life, but you're not interacting with life from a place of resistance. You're, you're, you need to be an active participant in your own human experience. But if you live in a, summarize it in this way, if you live in a sense of force from that sense of deficiency, it's not good enough. I want it to be different. I think it should be different. I need it to be different. Uh, Ram Dust talked about it on a podcast the other day and he, he, he spoke beautifully about the, the, the differentiating mind and the judging mind. And we need to differentiate. We need to differentiate this from that and this from that and blah, blah, blah. That's the sky. That's a tree. That's a person. But the problem is when the judgmental mind kicks in and it goes, you know, and we don't do this when we're walking through a forest. We don't go, oh, that tree's silly. Oh, that leaf's a stupid color. We don't, the judging mind doesn't kick in there. It kicks in when we're with another person. And it's like, oh, what a fuckhead. Oh, she's such an idiot. Oh, God. Oh, we criticize ourselves. And that comes from the attachment again. That's that's suffering. That's you projecting your suffering. I'm in suffering. I'm dissatisfied. I want it to be different. I'm going to project my suffering. And we're all doing this all the time. Like I, I had this. I'm not. No. Yourself, buddy. <laughs> I'm in light. When I say everyone, I don't include you. I don't even think you're a human. <laughs> you're some sort of light being. There's nothing here to, to be affected. You've you've taken human form, but you're not human. Clearly, uh, I am an I am an empty vessel. <laughs> I am, I empty myself. Is, I've been playing around with this emptying myself every morning. Did you have a good, well, like having a good shit. No, no, I knew you'd go energetic there. shit. And, and I knew you'd go there. And before we said the big bang. I heard this little immature part of me go, yeah, there was a big bang last night. Yeah, bomb chicken. <laughs> I love listening to this immature part of me. Must be the Ballarat. It's yeah, the yeah, you teenagers probably become an active again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was um, emptying myself. Uh, this client the other day was saying that her, you know, her son was speaking poorly to her. You fucking bitch. You're a fucking cunt. You're a fucking ball and this and. And she was getting really hurt. And on that humanistic level, I said, I understand. I'm, I'm compassionate. I'm empathetic. But what if there was nothing for his word? What if his words didn't meet anything? What if there was nothing to get hurt? What if What if he just said, you fucking mole, and, and those bullets just passed straight through you because there was no ego to be affected? And all it meant was this compassionate heart. And, and you can't hurt a compassionate heart. Mm. And what happens if you said, I'm sorry, darling. I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm sorry you're affected. I'm sorry you have that perspective of me. I'm sorry. She goes, but, but I did nothing wrong. And I went, no, we're not using I'm sorry apologetically. We're using I'm sorry compassionately. We're using it, I'm sorry you're in suffering. Yeah. And, and give, it, give him a hug. And she's, uh, it could, she started twitching. And she's like, oh, what, what? Is that possible? Not really twitching us. You look at concern. It's hilarious there. But you could see she was like, it was so left field there. It was so, so complex, but it's so simple. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I had this, you were talking about, you know, bringing our past experiences into our, into a current situation, which is kind of what we're all doing. And I had this moment, we went away last week and, um, when we were leaving, we were going to, cause Mel's family came with us. So we, we were driving around to her mum's place and, um, they're in this row of units kind of thing. And so each unit has it as a garage and, but there's like, you know, how there's like communal visitor spots. So there's like mm. two of those. And um, so I just parked in the visitor spot cause I was unloading all of our luggage and then we we're getting a, a cab into the thing. And so one of her neighbors pulled out. Big shit. No, no, no. I'm unloading all of your luggage. I was having the energetic one. I was just yeah, purging. Okay, cool. And so um, one of her neighbors pulled out and obviously she first she said to me she's like oh uh you're not you're not going to be you know leaving your car you're not parking there for the week and i'm like no no i'm not and then she was oh because and then she started banging on and i'm like oh so clearly there's been an issue with people parking in these car parks and she was well someone and they, they parked their car there for a week and then i walked a little bit closer to her car and went 
I'm not parking here. And she goes, okay, because well, and she kept going on. And obviously this has been so active in her that someone has left their car there and there was a complaint to the, you know, the corporate, the body or whatever it was. And I ended up right, I ended up right at her window. And then I just smiled and I'm like, I'm not parking here. And she's like, oh, oh, good. And then she drove off. And then it was, it was like this perfect thing that like that first answer, I'm not parking here, would ideally go, okay. But people are bringing these past experiences and these active imprints going on. And it's like they don't, it's like we don't hear in the moment. We don't hear. But you're, not, you're, also, you're not giving them what they want. And what they're wanting is to meet that resistance. So their resistance wants to meet other resistance. It's looking for conflict. It's looking for an ego goes searching for another ego to start this wrestling match with, mm. you know, this, this, this client's son. Her ego is on is on the rampage. You know, I'm in suffering. Where's the source of my suffering? You, you, you know, and and it's always found her ego. And I said, turn left instead of right. What happens if you just disappeared? You, know, you would you just stand there, just just being love. Uh, I wonder what would happen. And she goes, I, I I think you'd be terribly confused. And I was yeah. like, right. Great, and then what can happen in that confusion? You know, you're, you're breaking his circuitry. You're, 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 it's a pattern interrupt. What, what's going to happen from that confusion? She's like, ah, oh, I could give him a hug. I'm like, yeah. And what could happen from there? Oh, we could sit down and talk. Great, and keep going, and, and sort of where do you end up? Ah, oh, you know. And it was so. It's, it's just so foreign for people to, to get their head around that this exists. I um it's sparking a bit of a memory for me here that I haven't thought about in a while. Um, not long after I got clean from drugs, and I was I just got I had my you know I woke up and I was on like cloud nine. It was on this kind of. <laughs> I was picturing you having a shower after taking drugs. I got I'm clean now. I got clean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> externally. Had the shower. <laughs> my insides were full of drugs still. Um, douched. And. <laughs> Oh, you! <laughs> sorry, you just brought up another memory. I'm obviously, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to say it, but it's like it was when I was in hospital. So I've got Crohn's disease, and I've had a few flare-ups and that kind of thing. And I remember um, I was in hospital. This is a few years back, and um, I'd had there was an issue. I'd been bleeding, and then, anyway, there was some sort of blockage going on. And anyway, my plumbing wasn't quite working correctly. I'd been in hospital for a week. And then one of the nurses came in. I'll never forget. They're like, they came in with this big bottle <laughs> with the big. Are we going nozzle, into enema territory. A here? big, a big nozzle on the top, and they just broke open a little big thing of lube and were rubbing the top. And I remember they hadn't told me anything. And I looked at the nurse and I'm like, "What are you? What are you going to do with that?" <laughs> she goes, "Please roll over on your side and lift one leg up." I'm like, "No." I just, I just, because they never told me what was going to happen, and she just was performing this act in front of me. I looked at him like, "What are you doing with that?" She goes, "Yeah, we're doing what you think we're doing." She, she met resistance. No, I'm like, says, no. she's like, "Put your legs up, hug your knees." I'm like, "Oh no." Um, anyway, it worked a treat, mind you. <laughs> the plumbing started working after that. I'm crying. Uh, <laughs> where were you, what parts were you going on before we took a detour to So, so <laughs> I, I, I'd not long been clean from drugs. I was on this real, this oh, like yeah. compassionate heart. If, if the theme of this episode's compassionate heart, this is when my compassionate heart was, I just discovered it and it was very, very active. And I'll admit my compassionate heart, it's still there, but I, it's, it's not as active as it was, you know, back then when I'd, you know, it's like we have these experiences and well, I was We need on this- to cultivate it. We need to cultivate this compassion. Yeah. But for me, just after having my experience of waking up, it was just, that's all, that's where I was living. And so anyway, I had this, had this um, friend, a good friend actually. And um, he, he'd messaged me one night and he's like, Hey man, I need to come around after work tonight and speak to you. And I'm like, Oh, that's, that's weird. Like I'm a like, cool mate. And just rock around whenever. Why is it and- weird that a good friend wants to come around and talk to you? No, it was just, you know, normally the language is, it sounded very serious uh, okay, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, what, what is this going to be about? And anyway, he, he came around and he sort of had his tail between his legs and he was visibly shaken. And he had some information to deliver to me. I won't go into exactly what it was, but it was pretty, pretty heavy. Oh. Um, something that he'd done kind of thing, right? And um, he basically told me and he sort of tears were well. He was crying as he was telling me something really 
you know, in his perception, bad um, that he had mm. done to me. And it was a real, like it came from left field to me, like it hit me, but I was so much in this compassionate heart. It felt like I wasn't even doing it, but my body was just mm. kind of moving by itself. Mm. So I stepped towards him and like, he thought I was stepping in to punch his lights out. <laughs> right. Mm. So he like cowered like this and I stepped mm. in and I just wrapped my arms around him and, and mm. hugged him. And then he, and we both burst into tears and we were hugged for like a minute or something and um and then just sat down and chatted and it was one of those moments where it's like that the the compassionate heart chose to act as opposed to the ego because the ego probably would have punched him and gotten a fight you know but but it was such a it was a place that i always think about that i would like to come from more often because when the ego is active it's it's very hard to step into, and so that that was actually one of the the best probably moments of my life when it could have been one of the worst. Um, honorable, honorable, honorable move there. But like um, it's not, but like I said, it feels like I didn't do it. Like it's kind of yeah, I, you know, you didn't your, e- your ego didn't do it. That's like we identify as our ego. Yeah. So it's 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 no, but your heart. So go back to parts. We're all parts. There's a part of you that's ego, part of you that is your heart, part of you. That's your... So a part of you stepped in that doesn't that had been probably absent for many years, and oh, yeah. finally had the opportunity to do its thing and it did its thing real good yeah oh, i was so, like uh it was probably busting to get some expression yeah. i didn't have much expression like, before that it's like i'm hanging man i'm hanging to, i'm hanging to be it's my time my time to shine <laughs> and, and so that's on a macro we'll call that a macro level that's a that's a that's a that's a you know this friend of yours was vulnerable spoke about a big thing it was a big thing i had a we were driving up here to ballarat yesterday and, and we're half an hour out of town, and Em's like, oh, "Did you did you bring? Have we got the the presents for your mum and your sister and for, for all?" That? I'm like, oh, "Do you remember I rang you specifically to say can you put the presents in the car?" And you know, and uh, she's like, oh, "Oh, but and she and then the deflection came up. Oh, but you with the and I was like, oh, "Here we go," and, and I really noticed the ego trying to get in the driver's seat. And I'm like, it's good, buddy. We don't we don't need to get involved here. And I could hear it. And I going back to Michael Singer, I really just observed and created some separation from it. I just noticed what the ego was saying and what it was doing, but I didn't buy into any of it. I was, I was saying some nasty shit. I'm like, fuck it. Oh, you bought yourself this and you did then you look after yourself and you fucking rah rah. I was like, we can't say any of that. That's terrible. And and really focused on staying that compassionate heart. I said, honey, it's fine. We'll, we'll go shopping when we get to Ballarat. The presents we've got, we'll use them later for Christmas presents or whatever. And, and you know, and this is the work we're doing in MindFit. Instead of falling effortlessly into that destructive, this is doing the work, people. This is this little moment is where you step in Love that. and do the work and you go, oh, what can we do? Like, I can't believe, by the way, it's like, I can't. What can we do? We can go shopping. I can take you around Ballarat. You never, I can show you some cool stuff in Ballarat. So we, I turned it into an opportunity instead of really throwing a woman I love deeply under the bus and, and, and harming her because I was offended or I was or my ego was offended or my ego was upset. This is really, it's a great point. I love this. This is like, if you think about the real, the path, people come into this kind of work and they have been completely ego identified. So there's no like, there's no real separation. They might've had moments that happened spontaneously that quiet their ego, but they don't even know that happened and it stepped back in. So we do this yeah. work and become very, very aware of what our intention is and where we're coming from. And it's like, hey, I'm coming from ego. I want to be coming more from my compassionate heart. And so then we start to do that. But then what happens, the driver's seat analogy is a good one. So the ego kind of gets in the passenger seat because we're remaining conscious, we're remaining aware, but then things happen. And when I say things, like multiple things every single day happen and the ego from the passenger seat will go, hey, hey, you need me now. You need me for A, B and C reason, right? So or it just ego- leans over and grabs the steering wheel and tries to wrestle the steering wheel in another direction. So it's like phase two of the path is being able to notice that and be like, hey, hey, ego, ego, can you sit back over here? Um, or maybe a bit more. Seatbelt on. <laughs> Get in the fucking boot. Um, yeah, but bind and gag it and put it in the boot. <laughs> 
<laughs> Instead so, of being kidnapped by your ego, you kidnap your ego. Yeah, yeah, kidnap your ego. Um, and so, and so that's 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 part of the path. So right in that moment, it's like we feel hurt, or we the ego. Sorry, the ego feels hurt. The ego feels wronged, right? Because the ego mm. loves right and wrong. Well, and so the ego then gets active and go, no, no, you need me now to defend yourself in this moment. It's up to us to go, hang on, no, I don't. Yeah, but remember the three amigos, I must be loved and liked, I must get what I want, and everything must be perfect. And so in that moment, Emma wasn't perfect, my ego wasn't getting what it wanted, which was for her to have done something that I asked, and you know, she forgot it, then therefore she must not love me and like me if she's not listening to me. And so those three things get triggered so quickly, so so quickly, and 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 it's it is it is all about that so we're cultivating, cultivating consciousness, cultivating an awareness, cultivating this part of you that can observe, that can witness, that can notice without judgment, without condemning, without criticism. Just go, oh, how interesting! Well, my partner hasn't bought the presents. I mean. Step out of it and listen to the hilarity of it. In the grand scheme of everything that's going on in the world, the, a past version of me would have got very agitated and upset, and yeah, and I would have, I would have sulked. I would have had a pity party. Well, fucking okay, and I would have really shut down. Um, uh, but uh, it's it's so silly. It's just it's uh, we don't have presents to give my family. Yeah, and so that's we cultivate that part that can see it because normally it's like defenses go up, defenses up, and then we go on the attack. But then there's a part of you that has been trained, and this is how we train awareness and presence that notices instead of now my attention being purely on somebody that wronged me, so to speak. Now my attention is on, oh, my defenses have gone up. Look at that. And then I have choice. Then it's like, hey, do I want to engage in a fight here and make things worse? And and the ego will say, yeah, but if you make them feel bad, then they'll do better next time. It's like, come on, we, do we want to do that with the people that we love? No, we don't. I can't. I can't believe they did this to me. Yeah. You know, let's make let's make them pay for this. It's like in the moment, she's like, I know I have to get the presents, but fuck Nick, I'm not yeah. going to do it. <laughs> Reality is she had a lot on her plate. She was under yeah. time pressure. She she just forgot, you know. And if if I if I as her partner can't have these parameters of acceptance wide enough to accept the fact that occasionally, once in a blue moon, she might forget something, then then I don't I don't belong in a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> It's funny mm. when you're saying, you know, we are talking about dad being a fencing contractor earlier. Like every time you said defenses, I was like just picturing a Jamaican dad. Oh, defenses. Look at defenses now. What do you think of defenses, man? <laughs> so what's the, what's the point we're trying to get across is, is don't just do. It's, it's learning to be, learning to cultivate these different parts of you. Stop identifying as me. Uh, uh, I and it's just break yourself down into all these different parts and accept them all wholeheartedly. You know, I accept my ego. I love my ego. It um, gets up to all sorts of hilarious stuff sometimes, much less now than it did in the past. But um, it's still a part of me. And if I'm in conflict with that part of me, if I hate my ego, detest my ego, feel anything negative towards my ego, then I'm immediately putting myself in conflict. So I'm then unsatisfied because I have an attachment, a desire. I wish my ego was different. I can't do that. My ego is my ego. It's just doing its thing. So, And one thing yeah. I think is a, is a good little practice as well, if we're talking about gratitude and the um, compassionate heart, is to start doing a gratitude list. No, no, just yeah, just three, three, no. three, things, three things a day. Just three but, things a day. But just one practice, day. instead of going, what do I need to do to feel grateful? Uh, a great practice is... We fix on the spoon. Life... <laughs> a comfy um, chair. Life, life will, will make you feel actual like embodied gratitude right? So things will happen where your heart will open. So one thing to pay attention to is then what causes it to close. It's very hard when you have a closed heart to force it to be open, very hard. And that's what these lists and things are trying to do. But let's say that 
just something happens in your life and then you're aware enough to go, wow, I'm, I actually really feel grateful. I feel like I have an open, compassionate heart. Then start to notice what part of you closes it. Because whether it's a minute, 10 minutes or half an hour, your ego will step back in and make you start judging and categorizing life, which will take you out of your compassionate heart. So notice what stops it as opposed to trying to force it into action. Yeah, do that. I um, Yeah, do <laughs> that. Us. Ram Dass, no, seriously, do that. That's, that's brilliantly put. Ram Dass talked about um, contraction and expansion. Mm-hmm. And the ego will contract and create separateness and, and it becomes I versus you. Or the compassionate heart will expand and create connection and it just becomes we. So Emma, Emma didn't leave the presence at home. We left the presence at home. And, and and just that, you know, call it a reframe or a shift or whatever, but instantly that creates a, such a different experience. And, it's and then like, maybe even maybe even the presence were left at home. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's the next step that yeah. you get to, but I'm, 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 go, I'm breaking yeah, yeah. it down for them. I love it. And so it goes from me versus Emma left at home to we left at home to that the reality is yeah. the presence are at home. And, and in that reality of what is, we don't apply meaning. There's no meaning. It doesn't mean anything. The reality is the presence are at home. Ah, and now we can go to that constructive, what can we do? We can go shopping. How wonderful. Oh, let's have a scone and a cup of tea. Let's go and do this and let's, let's make it a day. It's like, um, I think that's where, you know, activism and that kind of thing, like we're talking on a collective level, that's where that should be taking place from, not from a place of the, I don't like the way reality is, it shouldn't be this way, blah, blah, blah. It's like everything is as it is. Now let's interact with the situation or interact with life because not from a place of shouldn't or should, which are swear words for, for me and Nick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's she wrap it up. She should have bought the presents. She, she yeah. should have bought them, and that means she fucking. They should be here. She hates me. Ah, oh, let's kick her. So oh, watch that in yourself, listeners. Watch that dialogue. Watch that ego wanting to make itself right and everybody else wrong, and make and make it feel like you're the one that's hard done by, and everybody's trying to make your life miserable. When in fact, that actual thinking is what is making your life miserable. And empty yourself. So when, when the stimulus comes along, the, oh, I forgot the presence, there is nothing there to, to, to get activated. There is just a good, all, all that stimulus meets is a compassionate heart. And, oh, that's okay. Well, let's, let's, let's go shopping. Because she went into suffering. You know, we've spoken about this in mm. podcasts before, but turned around and, and bumped into someone with a milkshake and she said, oh, I'm sorry, are you okay? And they get confused. You know, Em started to get a bit embarrassed about like, honey, we're, we're good. It's all good. So in, in most scenarios around the world, then, you know, people end up spending the rest of the car ride in silence, you know, damning each oh, other. Fuck, I've been there too. Me I've too. been there. I, I, I am not high and mighty people. I am not, I'm not a venerable Nick Sutherland yet. I am, uh, you know, I've, I've been a card-carrying member of that club then. Don't you worry. But but that contrast is what's so important as well. Because I've been there and done that, I know it intimately. And now having the experience I had yesterday, I'm I'm in oh, here you go. I am I am experiencing a deep sense of gratitude for the work that I've done. Yeah. I'm experiencing, I'm yeah. being grateful. I can see it, I can feel it mm. under your seven layers go. that you have on. I'm gonna go and write a gratitude list now. I'm grateful for this gratitude. And I, and, I, and I don't want it to go away. <laughs> I'm going to hold on to this forever. I'm going to hold on to it forever. I'm grateful that I'm going to feel this way for the rest of my life. Uh, I've got this is a little bit of perspective for you all. I read this the other day and I thought it was really beautiful. Oh, here it comes. The last stars will die out in 120 trillion years from now, followed by 10 to the power of 106 years of just black holes condensed that's like the universe starting with one second of stars and then a billion 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 years of just black holes 
Stars are basically the immediate after effects of the Big Bang, a one second sizzle of brightness before settling into eternal darkness. We live in that one bright second. Yeah, it's not so bad that she left the presence of time. <laughs> I'm going to go and ring my grandma. <laughs> Oh, and ring your grandma. Everybody do that. Ring your grandmas or someone that you love or text them. Let them know that you love them. You're only here for one split second of light. Make the most of and it. Then, and, then, and then write down how grateful you are that they exist. Try and do, if you do four or five things on your gratitude list, then you'll be better than everybody else that's doing it. So do that. <laughs> <laughs> Go and be better than everyone else. Woo! Peace out, everyone. Peace. See you, Finland. Thank you for tuning in to the Woke Blokes podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also, leave us a five-star rating. We thank you so much, and we'll see you all next time.